Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 22 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. We welcome back our lone position player, the fine shortstop of the Miami Marlins, Miguel Rojas. And I promise not to throw you a cookie here on the first question I'm going to ask because you might take me deep, Mickey. Well, after the last homestand, you know, like uh, everything is possible. I was actually like pressing a little bit, you know, like it's, it's already made and uh, I didn't have any homers. Everybody else in the team have, have a homer and uh, I was just uh, trying to make a good contact to see if the ball was flying because in 2019, I don't know if you know, I hit my first home run in July 4th. Can you imagine going April, May, June and July 4th was my first home run? And I was playing every day, so um, I was I was getting the sense of urgency. And and last home ten, I uh, I got two in a week, so a lot of things yeah, can happen right now, Chris. Yeah, you you took Mad Bum, and then Adrian Hauser on the first pitch, no less. Like, do you go up there when you are the leadoff guy, and you're like, man, if I see a cookie, I'm gonna kill it. Well, let me tell you something. This hitting leadoff thing for me is is something kind of new, you know. Like I haven't been a leadoff hitter my whole career or anything like that. And now, just because I'm swinging the bat well, and and I think it's the best best position for me to be for the team, uh, I'm not really aggressive because I don't want to give up like an out in the first pitch of the game. I'm not like a guy like Acuna that is always going there like with a homer kind of mentality, you know. Like I'm, my mentality is kind of get on base, get a lot of pitches from the pitches from this guy. But, you know, you game planning before the game starts and you know who you're facing. And this guy, Hauser, bro, he, he got a pretty good – it's a nasty sinker that is probably not going to give you another good pitch to hit. And against him, I say, you know what? I'm probably going to see one forcing fastball in the game and it's probably going to be this one. And there it was, like a forcing fastball right down the middle. And like that homer right there, bro, center field – Locaine almost robbed me, but uh, he didn't. And to hit a homer depth center in Miami is not easy. So I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud about myself about in, about this homer. Yeah, you should be. Did you? Yeah. I mean, you knew it was gone, by the way, right? No, no, no chance. What? So in during batting practice, when I take batting practice in Miami, and I hit balls to depth center like that, it never leaves. So that's oh. why. That's why I, I didn't know that it was going to go, man. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, to hit homers in Miami, center, right center, ask any, anybody that it comes on the show. And I ask about hitting in Miami to center field and right center field. It's not easy to do, bro. So that's why when I hit it, I was hoping for the best. And I wanted to, I wanted the ball to go over the fence, but I, I didn't have any experience uh, doing that before. Well, we're happy that your your first experience happened as a member of the Rose Rotation. Congrats. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. I've been feeling hey, I've been feeling the good vibes, man. Every time I that I do something well, I I mean, I'm on the on every platform and I'm I'm happy to see myself there. So, I'm curious, when you take a guy like Mad Bum deep, are you afraid that he's going to like blow a snot rocket on you as you're rounding third? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. It's actually uh, with the story that my, that the Bungarner had, you know. And you always respect the game. I'm I'm a guy that I believe in. In as long as you play this game, you start understanding that there's there's some things that you have to respect, right? So this guy has been in the game for a long time. He's been doing a great job, and he deserves some extra respect. I, I'm not saying that other pitchers don't deserve the same respect. But I'm not going to be showing up 
a guy like him that has have done so much in the game for a homer like that, you know, like because this guy been doing it for a long time. He is is done a lot of things in the game, good or bad, and and he deserves some extra respect, you know. And that's what I feel like guys with a lot of time in the league, 10 years in the big leagues, it's not easy to accomplish, man. And those guys need some extra respect. And like, I'm not afraid of him. I'm just respecting his, you know, the, the legacy and the years in the show and all of that without saying any, any, anything bad to guys that haven't accomplished anything of that. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that. Uh, do you know how many career homers you have as of the taping of the show? Uh, I think I'm around 25. Ah, come on, man. Don't shortchange yourself, bro. You're 27. 27. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's a good number right there. Because, you, uh, you know what happened my first four, uh, my first five years in the big leagues, you know what happened? What? I hit just one home run every year. Well, but how about the first one you hit? Oh, the first one. Yeah. I remember that. You want to tell everybody about it? Yeah. A hundred percent. It was uh, it was in Detroit against the reigning American League Cy Young winner. He was pitching for the Detroit Tigers at the time, and I took Big Matt Scherzer in Detroit, which is not easy to go to, you know. And uh, I felt like Miguel Cabrera, to be honest with you. Okay, hold on. There's so much to get to here. First of all, what number yeah. are you wearing? <laughs> number 72 man for the los angeles dodgers well, what the heck were you were you also playing left tackle later that day <laughs> 72 <laughs> no I, let me tell you the, the little story behind that so the spring training you know when you get to a spring training and you just some like uh invite uh, uh kind of player they give you like those these high numbers you know like they're not expecting you to make the team when you're wearing number 72 87 90 95 and then um, I end up like getting called up and the Chloe asked me if I wanted to change my number. And then every number that they had there, it was like 39, 47, 50-something, you know? Like I, and, and I didn't feel that I want to change that number for a number like that doesn't mean anything to me, you know? I always want to be number 19 and I knew I was going to have an opportunity at some point to wear number 19 or something closer to something that means something to me, you know, like number 11 for uh, Luis Aparicio, number 13 for Omar Vizqueo, things like that, you know, mm -hmm. but number 19 is always, it's always been my number. And I want to have the opportunity to change my number when I have a, a, a possibility. And it is, it, it was actually like a great little thing that I did because uh, I started that year in spring training. I did really good in spring training for the Dodgers. So I kept the 72 for the first year of my, in my baby career. Now, I'm getting extra money signing cars with the number 72 in, you know, because uh, it was, it was a different number for my rookie year. Uh, so I have rookie cars with the number 72 and it was a good thing to do uh, when I was, uh, when I was a rookie. Okay. I want to get back to one other thing with that video. Dude, did you have, were you double parked outside? I've never seen a guy run around the bases faster than you did on your first homer. I mean, what's the hurry, bro? That's what Johnny, my buddy Johnny Gomes used to say. What's the hurry? Exactly. No, I didn't know any better at that time, man. You know, first homer in the show, uh, I feel like I was dreaming and I was just flying, you know, towards the bases. Uh, great. It's a great feeling, man. You know, you're like, you don't, you don't, 
you never know how you're gonna act when when you do something like that, something special. And uh, I just I, I was proud that I I got the opportunity to hit a homer against a pitcher like him. And I mean, I will never forget that moment. I I always been a guy that I, I don't like to show up the opponent, you know. And yeah. uh, I always I always feel like I want to do my own thing. Um, yeah, I want I want to enjoy the game and I want to uh, be. Uh, you know, be loose and fun there. But at the same time, I just want to do the right thing. Yeah, you want to be respectful. I, and I get it. So yeah. a few other things on that. Um, where's the ball? The ball is, is a, it's actually at my house. I have a, a little thing for the next episode. I probably show you. I have mm-hmm. a case of balls on my house that I have like a uh, signature by Clayton Kershaw, uh, signature ball by Omar Vizqueo, my first bigly hit, my first bigly homer. Uh, I just accomplished my uh, hit number five hundred in the league, and I just uh, I just put I just put the ball over there. My first hit as a Marlin, so a lot of balls that it means a lot for uh, to me, and uh, so I have it there. First homer in the big league. I also saw you when you crossed home plate. It looked like you kissed your wrist or something yeah. like that. What's that? Uh, that's a, that's a little thing that I have with my wife. Uh, um, me and her always wanted to have a, a, a tattoo in that area because at the time she was in Venezuela. I was in, I was here in the United States, you know, like I was, uh, I was living the dream, trying to make it to the big leagues. And uh, I finally got the, the call up and she was in Venezuela taking care of the dogs and, you know, doing a lot of things, getting ready to get back to the United States and watch me play. And, um, uh, I did that little thing like for her to see that I, I have it on my mind. That's nice. That's really yeah. nice. You, you still do that, don't you? Uh, yeah, a little bit because uh, we changed we changed the mind of, of getting a tattoo there in that area. So uh, hey, uh, I'm with you, bro. A couple years ago, <laughs> my wife and I we were like, yeah, you know what? We're gonna be cool and we're gonna get we're gonna get ring tattoos on our uh-huh. on our left hand. We drove down to the place and I was like. What do you think? She goes, turn around. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny because it happens, man. It happens fast, you know? Like, sometimes you you think about something, you think it's going to be really cool, and uh, and then you actually think about it when you're, like, fresh and cold, and and you put a little bit more extra in your mind about it, and you just end up, like, not doing it. That's, yeah, that's what happened with us. Yeah, yeah like, we're good. We're fine. Um, one of your other 27 homers came against somebody that you know very well, Mr. Clayton Kershaw. And I could be wrong, but I actually noticed a little smirk as you were rounding the bases. Did he make any co- eye contact with you after you hammered this pitch? No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's a story that uh, it, I, 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 can't really, I can't really share that one because uh, it's something that, uh, that it happens between me and him. Nothing, nothing that, nothing that I wanna really uh, uh, remember about that moment, and it's something that we keep, you know, like as a players, we keep in house, and we. Uh, but uh, I definitely told the guys before I hit the homer the night before. I knew Kershaw was pitching next day, and I say, hey, if I hit a homer, I I'm gonna hit it and I'm gonna stay there until the ball lands, and that's what happened. If you see the video and you have a, a like a you, you take a pick of me when I'm running to first base. I don't, I don't start running until the ball lands, kind of. But 
that's that's those those are the things that you know a lot of people don't know that happens because it's behind the camera but uh that's when that's when you like you have something to prove kind of thing and and you've done it and i was i was proud that i did that wow i might have to get like a therapist on this one to to dig into what happened <laughs> i can i can i can tell you uh off camera uh, what was the reason behind it but uh, uh man nothing nothing bad nothing bad no respect respect yeah so it was interesting earlier this year you know i i know you didn't get out of the gate the way you wanted to and you let everybody know on social media on a tweet mm -hmm. and you were like anybody <laughs> else just like swing a bat you know before they 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 get in the shower try to try to find their swing and get it right I have heard this from every major leaguer. Like when you're not going well, let's say you're on the road and you're two for your last 21, it keeps you up at night, doesn't it? Bro, I, I think you're like, you've been keeping the eye on me because that's, that's, a, that's exactly what it happened. I was on the road. I was like two for 30 something. Last road trip, you know, we went to San Francisco and then we went to Milwaukee. I have two like bad series and I got to Washington and I have an off day. And I've been in, my, I, I, I'm in my, um, on my hotel room. Like right now, I'm in Arizona, right? And I'm using a, a water, a water bottle as my bath, like this, to try to find the, you know, the, the, the timing and imagine myself that I'm in a situation with John Lester on the mound that I was facing next day. Man, sometimes you go crazy when you go when, when you got slumps like that. You know, like it's really hard to sleep. You don't really want to eat. You you just you just wanna you just wanna go to the ballpark and get another batting, hoping for the best and hoping that you feel right that a batting you found something, you know. And yeah, I found myself like before the shower, imagine naked in front of the mirror, just doing dry swings. Hey now, you know it's a family show, bro. I know, but I mean, I, I need to be I need to be clear and and you know like that's the truth. That's that's what that's what slumps do to you, man. So Millar told me one time, you know, he, mm -hmm. it's amazing that you took us to a dirtier version of a story than Millar did. <laughs> I would have had him win that. But he used to say, yeah, I used to take pizza boxes, put them down in the room. That would be home plate. And he said, in my underwear, I would just sit there and swing. He said he was in such a bad slump one time in St. Louis when he was with the Marlins that he took almost naked batting practice. And he had like just... A jock strap on, a jock strap, no shirt, yeah. nothing else, and he is out there for early BP. But the the problem was that Bush Stadium, they were like having some sort of tour that afternoon for people at Bush Stadium. So they come down. Here's this guy taking BP in a jock stra jock strap. That's funny, man. I, and hey, I'm seeing I'm seeing some things in in the cage and after the games. I'm seeing guys showering with the whole uniform on you know to wash everything what? off man yeah full uni they barely take the hat and full uniform taking a shower with cleats on if you ask like hey, well i'm I, I i'm not gonna name anybody because i don't want to compromise the 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 things that they did but uh i i, I saw it before that's full shower full uni Spikes? Just uh, spikes on. Yep. Everything on. Now, now hold yep. on here. 
I've heard of a lot of shit where guys are trying to get out of slums. Believe me, mm-hmm. I heard it all. I heard countless stories. I have yeah. never heard somebody taking a shower full uni in their spikes. After, right after the game. They barely like put the glove out, took the, maybe the hat off, went right into the shower and showered with a full uniform on. I saw it. I saw a pitcher doing it. I saw a position player doing it. What? Yeah. This is bizarre. Yeah. But you better believe it, man. Like, hey, the slumps in this game, they, they can make you go crazy. Martin Prado used to tell me, if you play this game for more than, he, he used to say for more than six years, you're going to end up being crazy because there's so much failure in this game that make you go crazy. The other day I was, I was uh, with all the Pujols things that, 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 that is, is around, uh, around baseball right now, you know? We was looking at numbers in our clubhouse, right? So mm-hmm. Pujols have a little more than over 10,000 at-bats. And he just have, he just have 3,000 and something hits, right? Mm-hmm. right. What do you got? Like 3,300 right now or something like that? 3, right around there. Okay. How many at-bats be Pujols' failure in his career? Right. I mean, right. If he has 10,000 at bats, he's, I mean, he is a 328 lifetime hitter lifetime. or something. Exactly. So, how many times did Pujols didn't get a hit in the big league? 9,000 times. I, 8, it's amazing. Times, right. It is amazing. You're making a right turn that many times. Can you imagine that? And, and no. do you know how hard for a baseball player it is to turn the page every single time that you, like, you miss an at-bat? Even when you're hitting 320, it doesn't matter. It, like, that number doesn't mean anything for that many times that you have to just go back to the dugout instead of staying at first base or, you know, or doing something good for the team. So that's why this game is so hard and make you sometimes go crazy. I'm sure. Okay, so now all of a sudden I feel like I need to shower full clothes next time yeah if you have a bad day man just just go into the shower with the with the you know like take a take a wash instead of a shower i'll tell you this i think my wife would appreciate it the more clothes i have on the better believe me it just (laughs) hasn't gotten any better um i want to get to what happened in new york and i know you're not a part of the mets clubhouse and we're going to touch on this with another member of the rotation trevor may but the whole jeff mcneil Francisco Lindor, guys racing into the tunnel because there was something going on. And then Lindor comes out and the media asks him about it on Zoom. And he's like, you know, I thought it was a rat. You know, I'm new to New York City, but it was a big rat. Jeff thought it was a raccoon or something. And everybody's sitting there like, huh? Like, oh, let me, let, me, let, me stop you. let me stop you here. And while we're watching... What, what we're watching right here, we didn't, we didn't see anything, right? Right. We just, we just saw a couple guys running. It, it mm-hmm. could have been someone like suffering a heart attack or something like that, right? You know? Yes. So now, now a lot of people speculating about what happened, right? They're probably putting one plus one is two, right? Together at this point. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you something. You, as a member of the media, as a, as a reporter, how you mm-hmm. feel about Lindor's response and the way that, that they handled? Okay, so uh, some people were upset about it. And we actually talked about it on our, our Instagram live show that I do with Trevor Plouffe, right? Here at mm-hmm. John Boy. 
And he was like, I didn't think Frankie handled it right. He goes, I don't think anybody handled it right. I personally don't have a problem with it. I only, I only care about as a fan or I'm a different kind of media member. Cause I'm not a, a, a beat reporter. That's around the team, like mm-hmm. the, around the Mets and trying to get information all day. That's not what I do. It's not what I've specialized in over the years. I'm more about building relationships and trust. So for me, I only care about what impact that issue between Lindor and McNeil has on the team. That's all I care about. And I've also been around this game for almost 30 years to the point where I know guys get after it. Occasionally you have arguments, occasionally punches are thrown. I'm not saying that's what happened here. Cause I don't know. Some people were really bothered by what Lindor said. I don't give a shit. Like, okay. It sounded silly. Like, I said it was a rat and Jeff said it was this. And some people were upset because Lindor came in and gave McNeil a big hug on his zoom call and was like, Hey, we're all, we're all good now. We're all good now. That doesn't matter to me. What is portrayed in front of a camera? I don't care about it. I care that those guys respect each other. I care that it doesn't fracture the clubhouse. Am I wrong here? Uh, Let me, let me tell you something. You know how many times as a baseball players, we want to win so bad and we're so competitive that we have wars with our teammates. That happens. I'm not going to tell you happens every day, but a lot of times I got to, I got to check on guys and not because no, I don't do that because I don't like, I don't love them. You know, I I need to check on them and I need to keep them on on the line Mm -hmm. just because I feel like they could have done something a little bit more professional or a little bit better on, on the sense of, I'm not talking about making a play or hitting a home run. I'm talking about the effort level or the mm-hmm. communication part. And that happens on an everyday basis, you know? And people, they don't have to know everything that happens between players. And, and okay, Lindor probably says something about a rat and a raccoon trying to be funny and, and trying to handle the situation the best, way, the best way possible. But he couldn't say, hey, that's not of your business. That's the things that happen in, the, in, our, in our clubhouse and in our dugout. If we want everybody to see what happened, we would have done it in the dugout. But they went to the tunnel. They did the right thing. And if they want to fight down there, they don't care. Every, and no, not, not one person in media or, or the fans or anything, they should, they, they should know what happened inside the clubhouse because that's, that's why it's our clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And that tunnel right there, I mean, unfortunately – those guys run is, is sprinting down there and like make something happen and, and to ask for, because if nobody runs the, uh, down the tunnel, nobody's asking any questions, you know? So right. that's why for me, it's like, like people don't need, don't need to know any, everything that happens inside the clubhouse because all they care about is if those two guys are playing good behind the, behind shortstop and second base behind their pitcher. Whatever happened after, it can happen to make it better or to make it worse. Who knows? I'll I'll take it one step further. There's three incidents that I can remember as as a baseball fan. There have been countless more, but the three that come to mind are Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin in Boston when Billy Martin pulled Reggie off the field mid-inning, and they Mm -hmm. went after each other. Barry Bonds and Jeff Kent, two MVPs, went at it in the dugout for us all to see. Jonathan Papelbon and Bryce Harper. 
Remember that yeah. a few years ago where pa- Papelbon ended up getting suspended. And by the way, I don't think he would have gotten suspended if that happens out of camera shot. In the I think if that happens behind closed doors, we don't know anything about it. Guys might get fined, but there's no suspension. But because all of a sudden it becomes a lead story and it was one of the faces of baseball and Bryce Harper, all of a sudden it's like, well, if you don't do something with Papelbon, well, then you know, like that stuff shouldn't. I understand why it matters to fans. And people will say, well, what sort of, um, what are they doing in front of kids? You know, what sort of, I don't give a shit what impact that has on your kids. They didn't That's do their it. work. And it's what I'm saying. They didn't do it in front of kids. I mean, if something has to be saying about Lindor and Magnil and or, or whoever who take it down the tunnel is that they, they did the right thing, you know? Totally. Because I, I mean, we're, we're human beings and we're going to have uh, disagreements, you know? If I'm going to have a disagreement with you, I'm not going to do it here in front of camera, you know, for, to, to, to entertain every, anybody. I'm going to call you or are you going to wait until I see you face to face and I, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know. But it's not, you know, like if, if something has to be saying about these two guys, as is that they did the right thing. And guys at home, if you're playing in high school, if you're playing in college, if you're playing in your early professional careers, don't let anybody to see your disagreement with your teammates. Don't show up your teammates in front of anybody. And if you have any problems, just go to the tunnel, to the clubhouse, because that's why we have a clubhouse. That's really good. Uh, I will say this, that it, it, a lot of people, like my youngest son's in high school, we've had a little bit of an issue on our team where I've seen several times guys have not run balls out. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the biggest slap in the face to the other guys in the dugout. It really has nothing to do with the coach. It doesn't have anything to do with your parents. I, I asked him after the game, I said, did you see what blank, blank, and blank, blank did today? He said, what do you mean? I said, they didn't run hard on every play. He goes, yeah, I saw that. I said, did, how'd it make you feel? He goes, well, it kind of pisses me off. And he, remember, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. So on varsity, it's hard to speak up when you're a 15-year-old kid. I yep. said, listen, dude, your buddy of his, pull him aside and just say, hey, you need to be better than that. You need to be better for all of us in here. And I, I think that's how you build leadership, and that's how you build leaders. 100%. That's that's why that's why so in this game you can take anything personal, you know? It's it's really hard. Every single day someone is gonna come to you and they're probably gonna have a a, a positive message mm-hmm. to you or a negative message to you. So for, for me it's like if you take if you take the positive things way too hard, you're gonna think you're the best player in the world, and that's not true. If you take the negative too hard, I feel like it's gonna upset you and it's gonna probably like make you a worse player. So that's why when you have situation like that and you're trying to be a leader on your clubhouse, you need to know your personnel. You need to know who you can scream at or yell at right away or who's the guy who you need to wait until the next day to tell him the things. And that's the biggest advice that I got from the captain himself, Derek Gere. Pretty good advice. I guess that's why he's got a fistful of rings. You don't want to tell us one little fight you got in, do you? I, I think I think I I haven't. I really haven't get a, into a, into a fight like that because I feel like I always I, I don't know if, if it's always been in the in the right time and the right position, you know. But uh, I I haven't been that upset with someone, or I haven't made us like anybody else like really upset. We we've been able to talk it out. 
Anyway, communicate. Yep. It's a nice thing. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of uh, guys that can communicate, we're going to focus on the best talkers in baseball. Hold tight. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you a little bit about dugout mugs. Yeah, these things, they are perfect, whether it's for graduation or maybe end of the season for baseball. If you're in high school, you want to get your coach something. Dugout mugs are great because they can especially engrave things, right? I'm a Tribe fan, so I got my big C, got my big C. I even got Chris Rose on here. So you ask, and they will engrave away. It's that time of year. Plus, uh, let's see here. If I, if I just want to drink some high-quality H2O, I get this one. I want to drink something a little stronger. I bring the old wine. And if it's like on a Friday or Saturday, I don't know, it's party time. I got the little shot glass special. Plus, if you just have a bottle around, we can help you out here before you load up your dugout mug. Uh, use the code word JOMBOY at dugoutmugs.com. You get 35% off with use of that code. That is 35% off. Let's go. Go get yourself a dugout mug or two. Cheers to that. We will be right back. But first, a quick message from DraftKings. How about a little UFC? <laughs> you know I love me some UFC. And we've got a big one this weekend. UFC 262, Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action this weekend. If you're not a UFC, like, give it a chance. UFC is wild. Every time I tune in, I can't, like, I am locked in. And this weekend's a big one, and DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds. God, just pick the main event fighter that you think will win, and DraftKings will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. Bet $1. If you're not good with the betting terms, you bet $1, you win 100 if you pick the right guy. If MMA's not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook's got everything. Basketball, baseball, Hockey, you know we do the baseball pretty good here. We had our own props going for a little bit. Might still be there. Go check out DraftKings. They're safe, reliable. Withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code ROSE to turn $100 to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indian, or PA only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now, hey, family. Hey. Hey, family. Mama. Babe. Happy Mother's Day, babe. I love you. That home run was for you, you know. That was some great stuff from Andrew McCutcheon on Sunday Night Baseball. Or he let off the game with a home run, and he's hooting and hollering, talking about he's the best, and then giving a shout-out to mom and his wife for uh, Happy Mother's Day. Who are, um, who are some of the guys you love chopping it up with, whether they get to second base and saying hello or when you get to first base? Are there certain guys that you love seeing? Yeah, Coach, Coach is one of the, the funniest, man. He, he, he don't say much. He, he's always focusing on, on the game, you know. Probably probably he's going to say hi or whatever, but he's always, like, when he gets to second base, he's all about, like, getting his lead and getting out there. But, I mean, you really enjoy the things that he do, he do in social media, and I bet yeah. he's, a, he's a great teammate and a great clubhouse guy because he's funny and he's always come up with something, and, and that's the kind of personality that you want to you wanna have out there. But I feel like I really enjoy um, 
when I get to first base and I have to talk to guys like Freddie Freeman or, wow. or Joy Baro, you know? So I, I think Joy, Joy Baro is one of the most interesting guys because uh, you never know in what kind of mood Joy is going to be, you know? So one day I got to first base against, you know, I play for the, for the Reds. I, ne I never make it to the big leagues, but um, I got to meet uh, Joy over there. And he played, actually, we played together in, in, in low A when he was rehabbing in one of the years. So uh, sometimes I get to first base and Joy Boris speak, like trying to speak straight Spanish with me, you know, even, even if it's broken, he's trying to learn a, a, like a new word. And I'm so entertained like the whole time that I'm in first base. I don't want to leave because I, I want to keep talking to uh, Joy. And um, that's, that's one of the, the, the two, the, the funniest two that I got to first base and I have to talk to because uh, Freddie too. Freddie always has something to say. Uh, he's talking about the pitcher, talking about his pick of move, talking about you, like how you how you hit the ball or whatever. It's it's always fun to to grab these guys and and talk for a little bit. Yeah, Vado, I have heard the same thing about Vado from countless players because they yeah. always say the same thing because he's so interesting. Mm -hmm. He really is exactly. an amazing amazing guy and. Uh, had some great, great interactions with him on Intentional Talk over the years. He was our last guest when Kevin and I did the show together. He actually, believe it or not, we didn't have him scheduled to be a guest on one of these last three shows that I was doing. He had the Reds PR department call in and say he wants to be on one of these last three shows. Wow. And he ended up being the final guest that I interviewed on that show. Nice. And How was that? Amazing. Because he, he's so smart. He paid exactly. attention. He said, Chris, I'm going to tell you, I would watch the show in the clubhouse and I could tell how much you and Kevin cared about one another. He's like, you guys have a dynamic that not a lot of people have, whether it's in this game or just in entertainment or anything else. And he goes, I, I could tell how hurt you were that you were leaving. And like for somebody to pay attention that closely. I appreciated that. And I don't think there's a lot that gets past Joey Votto, whether it's on the baseball Joey, field or out or outside. Nah, Joey, Joey can remember a lot of things and things that he tells you when I was actually a minor leaguer in with the red system, you know, and he was like an MVP caliber player. And he kind of remembered the, our, our conversations in the, in the, in the cage one day when he talked to me about trying to learn Spanish. And now he's so proud that he was, uh, like I remember facing the Reds in a Cinco de Mayo and he put a, he put a, a Mexican son for, for his walk son. And he told me at first base in the first inning, hey, just wait until I come to bat to, to, so you can listen to the song that I put on today. He was so like, so pumped up for that moment and for that song. It's, it's pure entertainment. I love it. I love it. Hey, guys, I've told you before how much I loved cereal as a kid and had to give it up because it had too much sugar. Not anymore. Thanks to our friends at Magic Spoon, we've got cereal that has zero grams of sugar. It comes in a four-pack variety pack. I only got two left because I've already devoured the peanut butter and the cocoa. They are already in my belly. Here's the nice thing. It tastes great, and it's great for you. 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's all good stuff. And once again, zero grams of sugar. 
It comes in four-pack, great flavors. I got my fruity left. I got my frosted left. It also comes in cocoa and peanut butter as well. So you can enjoy it as a healthy snack or something to get your day going as well and feel good about what you're putting in your body. So go to magicspoon.com, use the code ROSE, you're going to get five bucks off your first order. And these guys are so confident in their product that if for whatever reason you don't like it, it's a full money back guarantee. I guarantee you're going to love it. It tastes great. And it's got zero grams of sugar. So go get your magic spoon today. So we just had Mother's Day. Uh, we have talked about your mom and, and the battle that she's going through. Uh, as much as you're willing to share, how is she doing? She's doing better. She's at home. Uh, she had a situation where she had to go to the hospital and be at the hospital for like seven days because she uh, had this difficulty breathing. But uh, at the end of the day, man, um, we're, we're blessed that she's back home. She's uh, receiving the treatment. She's like uh, optimistic as always, you know, so happy to be alive. And, and that's, a, that's, an special, uh, that's an special for me a motivation that I have. You know, because every single day when I go to the ballpark, I just wanted to do do good for her, you know, and I wanted to show her that I'm like that I'm positive and I'm, I'm doing really good. Like I, I did last week and uh, uh, actually Sunday when I when I put my uniform on, like I have a little special uh, message for her and for all the, the mothers out there like fighting for not just for for herself, but for their own families, you know? And uh, that's, I know that my mom have a lot of fight in her still. And uh, uh, I was really, really happy to to uh, do a little tribute to my mom on, on Mother's Day. So with my post, uh, the little message on my shoe, fuck cancer. I know my mom have a lot of fight and a lot of years to live and and to, to watch me grow and to watch the whole family grow a little bit more. So I'm really happy that she's at home and love you, mom. And happy Mother's Day to everybody, to every mom out there. I love to hear that. I, love, yeah. I can't imagine how proud she is when she watches your games, Miguel. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, she's enjoying every little moment. And she's texting me right away after I got a hit or I got a good play. She's texting me right away. And that's something that I've been trying to keep up with, you know, trying to be really close to her, connecting with her on the phone. Uh, sometimes I actually go back to uh, back to the locker room after I do something good and tell her, hey, mom, during the game, actually, uh, I text her right away. Hey, mom, that's, that was for you. I hope mm. you was watching. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good feeling, you know, when you make her proud and be a, like a, a part of, or her rehab and her um, moments to get back to, to normal, hopefully. That's so great. It really is. Uh, you know, I lost my mom 14 years ago and I miss her terribly every day. She was a, uh, she was a great, great person and huge reason why I'm in this business, a tremendous sports fan. I remember at my first full-time TV job, I was a weekend sports producer in Cincinnati. And um, some people might know him, but Kevin Frazier was our, our weekend sports anchor. He's now the host of Entertainment Tonight. Mm -hmm. And Kev was my mentor in the business. And one day I'm on the phone. I'm just shooting the shit, talking about the Indians and their rotation. And, you know, I, Charles Nagy and Ken Hill and Oral Hershiser. And mm -hmm. I, 
I'm finished with my conversation. I put the phone down and Kevin goes, Hey, how's your dad doing? I said, I don't know. That was my mom. He's like, okay. You know, my mom was in on every sports conversation. Everything had a huge opinion about it. Uh, would hold grudges at times about it. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it when the Indians finally made the world series for the first time in my lifetime, all sorts of stuff. So right. yeah, it was a yeah, uh, mom's mom's love is, is, is really hard to compare and yeah, there's no, we'll never stop feeling it. And that's why I miss my grandmother every single day. Like you miss your mom. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling, man. Yep. Sure. It is great. All right. Uh, let's get, as we take a deep breath, everybody at home, kind of a little cleansing breath here. Uh, I, I would like to get a couple of quick hitters around baseball because um, you pay attention to everything. So mm-hmm. as of right now, we've got, we've had four no hitters, five, if you include Mad Bum's seven inning job. Why are we seeing so many in the first five weeks? Is it, is it the approach of the hitters? Is it that strikeouts have become such an accepted part? Why, in your opinion, is this happening? Uh, I'm going to give you my, my personal opinion right here. And uh, I think uh, analytics and, and the, the way that the game is viewed right now, especially when, when we have all these numbers behind every single pitch, you know, every single pitch, the guys have data behind. Uh, pitching codes are, are getting so much better with numbers. Organizations are getting so much technology. And this is affecting how the pitchers attack hitters now, you know? Before, you see a starter, like, I'm going to name someone right here, Kevin Gossman from the San Francisco Giants, right? I faced him in 2017 or something like that when he used to be with the Orioles, right? So this guy, he was trying to mess with you and try to throw maybe a four-seamer down. He will, he will try to throw a slider. And then he would use his change split change just to strike out you know, or maybe in a big spot with two strikes. Now, pitchers like him, maybe, I don't know if it's the numbers or, the, or, it's, uh, or it's the uh, the the people behind this, uh, this new technology and all that, they're telling the pitchers, hey, this is what you're good at. Don't go away from your four-seamer up, you're changing down. So we just face him in San Francisco. This guy threw 70-something uh, splits and 34 fastballs in a game that he pitched for seven innings, you know, he carved So you're seeing that more and more throughout the league. You don't see pitchers messing around. You don't see Wade Miley trying to go to the sinker away here and there and get smashed in the gap, you know. You see Wade Miley attacking hitters with caught it in, caught it in, changes away because that's the pitches that he he's good at, you know. He's not trying to be a five-pitch mix when three of their pitchers are not like elite pitches, you know? Mm-hmm. He, the pitchers are able to identify that they need just their two or three elite pitchers and use them. You don't see guys like Matt Scherzer a lot. You don't see guys like um, Jack Flyer a lot, that they, they can do so many things in, in so many different spots, right? For pitchers that doesn't have them four-pitch mix, five-pitch mix, you see Tyler Glasnow. Here you go. You know what you're going to get. The fastball with right up in the zone and the curveball. He's not trying to mess around with a sinker. He's not trying to mess around with a 
with a fastball down in the zone, trying to paint the corner. No, he knows what he want to do because he knows his pitches are so good. The RPM, the, the spin rate, the, all the stuff that they know now. So this pitch with that spin rate up in the zone is where it's going to work. And the breaking ball, you have to throw it here so it can be effective and you're not going to get hit. Before you see a lot of guys trying to mess around, you know, mm -hmm. okay, let me, let me try to go in here and then all of a sudden, whack, it's a double, you know? Not anymore. These guys know what to do and these, these guys know that the numbers show if this hitter is hitting 170 with that pitch, that's all you're going to throw, you know? Smart. So I think that's the reason why. And other than then, I, I think the balls are softer this year and mm. it's not it's not affecting just the game on on keeping the ball on the ballpark it's affecting the way the ball, the ball is movement i i believe so i see movement on balls this year more than ever in my life but i don't know i don't know what what other hitters have to say about it but that's what i sense in in our clubhouse that's what i'm saying around the league uh Guys, I think in the pitchers are getting, they're either getting so much better with movement or they just, uh, the balls are affecting the movement. Well, the movement I can tell you bit. this. We've got the worst batting average collectively in the league in over 50 years. So mm -hmm. something's going on, whether it's pitchers sticking to a new game plan, which is mm -hmm. smarter or softer balls. And I don't know if I want to talk much more about softer balls, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the balls are softer or not. The only thing is uh, that's, that's what they, they promote, right? They say we're going to try to soften the ball so the ball don't go out of the ballpark as much and we have more options. And it's, ha it's having the opposite effect. The ball is not even put in play because it's moving way too much. Wow. But who knows if the ball is softer or not? I don't, like, I don't really know. I'm just, I'm, just going again, I'm just going with whatever they're, you know, they're, they're putting out there. Well, I mean, yeah, you've got enough to worry about. I don't need you to be the ball police. No, yeah. you know, that doesn't sound I'm, like a fun job, Ed, actually. No, I, 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 I got to take ball, that statement back. Yeah, the ball police. I don't, yeah, don't want to be that. I don't, don't like want to be that. Yeah. Let's move on from the ball police. Um, <laughs> your, your buddy, Giancarlo Stanton, is back to being Giancarlo Stanton. When, you were there in 2017 when he, I mean, he laughed at guys. He was like, ha, go ahead and try and throw that. What was it like being on that team and watching him do what he did where he almost hit 60 homers? And G was a special that year. Uh, seeing him go in that hot stretch, like he lasts like two months. It, it, it was amazing, you know? Like, yeah, he was hitting homers before that, but he wasn't like, like those two months, you know? He got like 20 and all of a sudden he's a 50. After, after like those two like two months high stretch that he had that he almost every ball that he hit, it was a homer because the, the way that he was in the play, you know, the approach that he made, he closed himself up a little bit. And it looks like last year he was trying to do it too much. And maybe 19 as well. You know, he was trying, he was trying to close himself like mm -hmm. way too much. And I saw him like, man, you're like, like this, you know? So in the off season we hit, together and we work out together in this off season in Miami and um, I saw him there I'm saw him working and it's amazing because he he got his like 
his mind was fresh. He knew what he wanted to do. And seeing the results right now that he is getting is, is amazing. It's, it's in a great turn, man. He's hot. So you played with him during his MVP season. You played with Kershaw during his MVP season. Who is more dominant? I know it's different positions, so it gets a little yeah. tricky here. But still, you were around two of the greatest seasons we've seen in the last 50 years. Oh, yeah, but I got to say Kershaw, 100%. Because, yeah, G won the MVP, and he almost hit 60 homers. So 59 homers, but his batting average is still like, I don't know, it was 280-something. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, he was dominated because every almost every single ball that he was hitting, he was a homer, you know? An extra base hit. And over, if you see the numbers right now, Giancarlo is starting to have like 15 balls over 115 miles per hour. And the rest of the league have just seven. It's, it's amazing, you know? Like that kind of power and that kind of control of the barrel is, is, is like supernatural. But what Kershaw did in 2014, it was impressive because it was like every time he took the mound, like I got no doubt on my mind that we was going to win the game. It was like seven innings, 12 to 10 to 12 or 13 strikeouts. And like barely they scored, they, they barely scored one run on him. And the way that he was like making hitters look at that time, it was, it was amazing. It was different. Imagine probably there are guys talking to themselves on the way back to the dugout. When guys that that good, you're like, Jesus, I can yeah. get anything to hit. Yeesh. Yeah. Unreal. It's like it's like seeing uh DeGrom. That's uh that's how you feel like every time we face DeGrom. Guys sure. coming back to the dugout saying, Man, how how are we gonna hit this guy? Yeah. Crazy. Dude, dude's a witch. Um speaking of MVPs that are now on the Dodgers. Mookie Betts, did you see what happened to him the other night in Anaheim at third base? You got a little cup check. Yeah. So outfielders, most of them do not wear cups, right? Even infielders. I don't know. I don't know how, like, I would like to know the percentage of players in this era that wear cups. Well, you you better wear a cup. I, I wear a cup, but I know a lot of infielders that play third base that don't work up. The only only two I ever heard of, Adrian Beltre was famous for not wearing a cup, and mm-hmm. he ended up on the on the injured list up in the Seattle because he got nailed so hard there. <laughs> exactly. And and Juan, I think that Juan Uribe did not wear a cup because he said he couldn't find one big enough. Which <laughs> <laughs> I was his teammate, and I, I know, I know. I, I, the only thing I can say is I know he don't wear a cup. That's the only thing that I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. Two third basemen, you know? Are, are people crazy? No, oh, I just I just play against the Nationals, and Starling Castro is playing third base with no cup. And he's playing almost in left field <laughs> just because he's so... <laughs> I could have I bought three times to third base, and I could have get three hits. But I didn't want to do that to Castro because I don't want to. I, I don't want the, the manager to tell him to play in with no cup on. You know, I I want to say if he's you know, I want to say his life. Seriously, Miguel, this is this is no joke. 
who the hell does it? Why wouldn't you want to wear a cup? I get it. It's not the most comfortable thing, but holy smokes, you know what's not comfortable? Getting hit in the balls by a rocket <laughs> shot. Yeah, imagine Stanton hitting a 115 of the bat, right? Right to third base. <laughs> Man, I hey, I'm a pro, I'm a pro active uh cup wearing, so I'm I will like I will I will tell the guys, hey, make sure you wear your cup. Like, make sure you wear your mask. Yeah, right. Just like don't that. get them confused. Don't put your mask down there in your cup over your face. Let's <laughs> not get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember a few years ago when David Price was in Tampa and somebody hit a line shot right off his cup and it like ricocheted into the outfield or something crazy. Yeah. Man, we got in this. It's weird dangerous, stuff. man. It's, it's dangerous, man. We are, we got, we got, a, we got a weird, uh, we are episode here talking about a lot of yeah. things, you know, cup, uh, we got the, the shower, the softballs. Yeah. Hey, nothing's off limits. That's what the Rose rotation's about. Exactly. Right. Okay. Should we spin the wheel of moderately interesting things? we got a few new, um, a few new topics on here. Let's see. Oh, oh doggy like style is a new Whoa. one. Hot friend. <laughs> talking about, talking about weird. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Give hey, me a doggy all style. I can tell you is my wife came up with some of these topics. So wow, I'm so proud of Nitro. Paper trail. Okay, what was the first big expense that you made when you got like decent money in the show? I think it was a Range Rover. My first. Oh damn! I'm yeah, sorry. My first. My first car. Uh, it wasn't as fancy front rover uh, either. No. It was it was the like the before before the, the the premium one. It wasn't the sport. It was the other one. So, but I mean, you know, making making a little bit of uh, more of money, I was able to uh, to spend uh, on a car for the family. We need a bigger car, and and I got a Range Rover. So I think that was the biggest like the first biggest like expense. So I don't like I don't I don't spend money other than shoes on on myself. Like I barely like ah uh, yeah I have a necklace or whatever, but it's not like this necklace that Starley Marte is wearing, you know, to play and or or remember when um uh, uh, Joanny Cespedes like uh, oh yeah yeah uh, diamond chain broke and he didn't yeah. even care. He he walked back to the dugout and there yeah, is Astrua Cabrera trying to pick all the diamonds in the, on the field. So Exactly. I would have grabbed those things, put them in my pocket, try to repurpose <laughs> that thing, turn it into a bracelet or something. Be like, right, right. You kidding me? All right, well, that's yeah, a good but I one. Think, I think that's what I did, yeah. Uh, it was a, it's a nice car. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into cars too, you know. Uh, I like to change my car every time that I, you know, I possibly can and, and trying to keep it, keep it moving. Yeah. I've never figured out if we should lease or buy a car. I've been in the car business for 30 years. I still mm -hmm. haven't figured out if I at least I buy. I always feel like I get ripped <laughs> off when I drive off the lot. I'm like, God, really? I like, I love the car, but I'm like, oh my God, it's already depreciating. Exactly. Exactly. It's a tough one. Good. It's a tough one, man. I don't know. I feel like every time that I, that I hear the, the, the word leasing, I feel like I'm just renting a car. Yeah, so that's I why I, I will never lease. So, oh, okay. It's a good thought yep. process. God, you're so much smarter than I am. All right. Um, you also, I want to give you so much credit because you are the one person I do not have to hound about homework. 
you you get it done within like 24 hours of our show. So uh, you were in the Bay Area for a road trip recently, and let's see how this turned out. Here we go. Coffee, but uh, I'm about to uh, to do my homework assignment from the last episode. So I'm about to get a pair of shoes. I found a store right here. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can find some fire shoes for you guys. Okay, now I'm in the store. It's about time to go get a, a pair of shoes. Uh, I got a lot, of, a lot of options right here. So you guys, which one are you gonna go for? I'm gonna go for this pair right here. So we're getting a new pair of Jordan on the road. So we're here in the store and uh, let's get that one. All right, it's time to lace them up. Look. Oh yeah, so that's the pair that I'm gonna get. New pair of Jordans for you guys out in San Francisco. I hope you guys enjoy. See you guys in the next episode. I wish uh, I wish I can have uh, more assignments like this, you know, <laughs> so I can get more pair of shoes. So what but, what'd you get? What were those? It's uh, Jordan Jordan Sevens. Uh, they call. Um, like box pony, it's a uh, so they're gray with a uh, with kind of uh, pink, and uh, the 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 boxes, you know, the Jordan boxes, they always do like something nice. Right. And there's a there's a a carrot, and like a little a little bunny. So it's pretty nice, like a box yeah. pony pair. Now I, I need you to just slow your roll a little bit. You have a lot of road trips. Do yeah. not get a pair every time you're on the road. No, I'm 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 telling myself every time I get uh three hits or more, I'm getting a pair. So oh. okay, see now that's nice. That's like yeah. dangling the carrot in front of yourself. That means exactly okay, exactly. good. Well, I mean, you you're gonna buy the shit out of the store right now. You keep going the way you are. <laughs> that's exactly. That's 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 why that's why I wanna keep I I wanna keep doing good on the field so I can guess I can get my pair of shoes for sure. So you want to, uh, let's see here. It's time right now for your next Mrs. Rose's homework assignment. And, you know, you've been at the top of the class all year. You are coming to Los Angeles after a trip to Arizona. Are you allowed to have visitors? Not yet. I'm not, I'm not in that stage because, uh, you know, I'm already fully vaccinated, but my team is in, it's not in the 85% range yet. So, for us to be able to get a um, guest, I'm probably going to have to wait or ask, what can I do? I'm probably going to be able to go outdoor dining, maybe. So let me let me hear it. What you got? Well, you know, I live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I was going to drive to wherever you guys are staying and don't say where you are because I don't want people just mm-hmm. piling on and just trying right. to get Miguel Rojas's signature on a picture of a 19, you know, guy wearing 72 and 72. Blue. Yeah, that's going to happen in L.A. for sure. Yeah, I think so. I was going to come maybe and and have lunch or brunch with you over the weekend. We can do that 100 percent. If he, if that's the case, we can do it. I was thinking about like, I don't know, maybe uh, having a guest from like, I don't know, a different Oh, you, you wanted a celebrity. You wanted a real a celebrity, celebrity not a D-lister like, that, yeah. like this guy. You wanted somebody <laughs> from Los Angeles that's big time. Like, I, that's, what, that's why I wanted to hear was, what was the, 
Yeah. What was the assignment? So uh, I live right down something. the street from uh, from a YouTuber. And okay. um, and there's an I don't want to say which NBA player just moved into our neighborhood as well. But, you know, that's that's pretty big time. No, so. you're big time. So let's 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 grab some lunch and and talk about talk about our next episode. I love it. I love it. So you've got an easy homework assignment. Sometimes homework assignments are challenging. This will be an easy one. This so. one is an easy one. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, we covered really, a lot of interesting ground today, man. This is this is good really stuff. Good. I feel good. And I think your mojo is going to continue, too. I, I just feel like there's too much good stuff going on in Miguel Rojas's life that, you know. Let's, let's keep rolling, man. You know, like I'm going to I'm going to try to give you more, give you guys more content to put on, you know. Yeah. Funny I things, good things on the field. Yeah. Place, you know, sick place with a glove. I like that. We learned a lot today, man. We learned that he's had teammates that have showered in full uniform. We learned that not enough players in the infield um, wear cups. We've heard that they're playing with softer balls in the major leagues. And we learned that he liked wearing number 72 and taking Max Scherzer deep for his first career home run. So there you go. There's Miguel Rojas checklist. Listen, man, it was fun today. It always is. Tell the guys in the Marlins clubhouse we say hello. All right, bud? I will, man. They're enjoying the show, and uh, thank you guys again for for giving me the opportunity to be here for another episode. And I'm I'm happy that everybody's watching and and the comments that you guys are leaving in my on on my Instagram and my Twitter page and and every everywhere that I'm I'm seeing uh, uh, feedback from the from the episodes is great. So thank you very much, and we're putting a lot of effort in this because uh, you know from the road, from home during the season, giving yep. you. The insights is, is amazing to see uh, that you guys are enjoying. I love it. I love it. Remember, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, hit the old thumbs up and leave a comment as well. And wherever you download your podcast, subscribe and also give us five-star rating because Miguel loves those as well. Special shout out to our editor extraordinaire, Robbie Scirocco. Keep, uh, keep killing it, my man. Miguel, continued success and tell mama we say hi, all right? And we're sending her Thank good you. thoughts. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate that. We will see everybody next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.